Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizers Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking a 12-week health course BioOptimizers offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, BioOptimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity. How to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings. How to select the most powerful supplements for you. How to stay lean and trim without sacrifice. The simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin. And much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to remind you that what you surround yourself with, you become. I'll also be interviewing author and naturopath Elizabeth Yarnell, who shares her expertise on the connection between inflammation in your body and the food you're eating. She reminds you that you are what you eat. For more information about Elizabeth, please visit elizabethyarnell.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. What you surround yourself with, you become. Have you ever noticed that when you're with a group of friends, if someone is talking about somebody in a negative way, the next thing you know, everyone in that group is talking about that person and giving their own insights or feedback into what this person has done. And then upon reflection, you realize that your mood has now changed. Or conversely, if you're in a, a loud environment and you're trying to concentrate, you find that your nervous system becomes agitated because the noise affects your body. Or have you ever had one of those reality TV shows on and nothing against them, but have you ever had them on and there's lots of yelling and screaming and pretty soon it feels as if the energy in your house has changed, that you are now becoming a little bit more dramatic or what you thought would have been a peaceful night of watching TV, now you're a little more agitated. It's the same concept when it comes to what we think about. If I allow negative thoughts or negative situations in my life, that then becomes what I think about. It may not be a conscious thought, but as I go on throughout my day, if I haven't reset my mind or my thoughts, those negative emotions or negative thoughts from previous or earlier instances that day, 
now influence what I'm doing, what I think about. And that's why many people have a lot of anxiety at night is because they have not reset themselves or they've not been mindful of what they allow to rent headspace or what they allow in their life. If you allow negative people, if you allow unhealthy dynamics or allow people who sow discord in your life, you'll find that that starts to be what you think about. You'll find that that influences you. And pretty soon you start to become the thing that you despised or did not want in your life. In psychology, we have what's called the law of the group. The law of the group basically states that the people with whom you associate, there's some commonality there and that commonality becomes greater and greater. And then that becomes the identity of that group or sometimes even the identity of yourself. Going back to the earlier example, when you think about some of your friends, what is one of the characteristics or descriptions that you say about them? Are they someone who laughs a lot? Are they someone who encourages? Or are they someone who gossips a lot? Are they a busybody? And when you look at situations like that, you want to be very mindful of that because there is a commonality or the law of the group in your interactions with others. And you want to make sure that it's a healthy interaction because if not, that then becomes your characteristic or your personality trait. And then you start to adapt to become that thing. So if it's a healthy law of the group, then that's wonderful. But if you find that it's not, you need to pull yourself away from those dynamics because that then starts to be how you think. That starts to be how you interact in the world around you. And pretty soon you become the thing that you initially didn't want to become. You're going to hear a fantastic interview in just a few minutes with Elizabeth Yarnell. She talks about food itself and how we become what we eat. But I wanted us to look at this from a psychological or from a social psychology standpoint that we also become what we allow in our mind. If I allow worry in my mind, I become a worried person. If I allow healthy thoughts or healthy self-affirmation into my mind, that is what I become. So be mindful of your surroundings. Be mindful of what you allow in your life, because if you don't, it will influence you, and pretty soon, you will be changed. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here, so make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. Elizabeth Yarnell has a mission to improve lives simply by changing the way we think about food. Inspired by a 1999 diagnosis of multiple sclerosis, she is an award-winning author, patented inventor, educational entrepreneur, and a board-certified naturopath who is obsessed with the connection between what we eat and how we feel. She's here today to tell us her inspirational story as well as to remind us that we are what we eat. Welcome to my show, Elizabeth. Oh, James, I'm so glad to be here. I am as well. You have a wonderful story and I can't wait to delve into a lot of your expertise because I know a lot of my listeners are going to learn so much from you today. So in 1999, your whole life changed. What happened? It did. I went to sleep as usual one night and I awoke the next morning blind in my right eye. Oh my gosh. It, it was that fast and it was crazy. I um, Luckily, my dad is a doctor so okay, I, he sent me right away to an eye doctor who looked at me and said, optic neuritis, which is inflammation of the optic nerve, which mm -hmm. absolutely what was happening. But my father said, I think there might be something more. So he pulled some strings and he sent me right off to get an MRI, which showed uh, scars from inflammation on wow. my brain, 17 of them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Why don't you share with my listeners what MS or multiple sclerosis is? So multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune degenerative neurologic disease that affects approximately 400,000 Americans. Oh my gosh, wow. I didn't realize the stats were that. 
Wow. 80% of MS patients will be significantly disabled within 10 years of diagnosis. Mm. So here I was on the eve of my 30th birthday, two weeks before my 30th birthday. And by my 40th birthday, they were telling me I was going to be in a wheelchair. Wow. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine what that's like. I mean, like you said, you literally just went to sleep. And the next day, all of a sudden, you have this diagnosis. Yes. Not only the diagnosis, but the physical effects. Yeah, exactly. Were, sure. Were horrendous because I, I make my living from reading and writing for the most part. And when I awoke that day, I couldn't make sense of the words on the page. Mm. How scary is that? How did you go from that? Because you, you, like you said, you went to sleep, you woke up the next day. What went, what happened for you from a, I guess, a psychological aspect? I mean, that had, like I said, devastating, but walk us through that. Absolutely devastating. I was freaked out. What am I going to do for a living if I can't read and I can't write? When I had gone to sleep that night, I had been working on an article for the Denver Post and I had printed it out right before I went to sleep and and read it over briefly and thought, okay, I need to change X, Y, and Z here. And when I woke up, I couldn't really even read the printout and mm. I couldn't remember what it was I had to change. Oh my gosh, wow. And I still had a deadline. I had to turn it in unchanged knowing that there were things that I wasn't happy with, but I couldn't sure. identify those things anymore. Wow. So psychologically, it was very, very scary. How did you work through that? Because I, I, we all have those pivotal moments in our life. And obviously this was a huge pivotal moment for you. How did you find the wherewithal or the tenacity to say, I'm going to have this be a stepping stone instead of a stumbling block? Well, actually it was my then fiance who mm -hmm. first suggested to me that maybe this might have something to do with my diet and the way I'd been eating. And I had to admit he might've had a point because for the whole decade of my twenties, I'd been a girl on the go living in my own apartment by myself. And my only staple foods were crystal light, diet oh, Coke goodness. and gummy bears. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I can see how you want to take a look at that. <laughs> right. So maybe it shouldn't have been that much sure. of a surprise by the end of that decade that my body would have given out on me. But I didn't really, I hadn't, I mean, I was raised by doctors, but doctors, if you might know, don't know anything about nutrition Yes. and don't really connect that to health. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't topmost on my mind. Whereas my, my then fiance, now my husband of 20 years, was a competitive athlete and he was into the organic foods movement and cooking and all of these things that I had never really even explored before. Mm. And that's when I really started studying, well, what is the connection between what we eat and how we feel? And I looked at sources like the ADA and the Mayo Clinic, and I went on to become a naturopath because of my interest in this. And what I found is that there is a direct connection mm, between what we eat and how we feel. Yes, yes, it's true. You know, you think from a psychological approach, serotonin, which is one, it's a neuro, neurotransmitter, and that's mm -hmm. usually what you use for, for depression. People who have depression, you know, they struggle with the serotonin. And so what people don't realize is in your gut, that's where the majority of the serotonin is. And so it's so interesting just to hear you say that as well, is what you are, what you eat, essentially, and whatever you put into you, into your gut, is going to do determine how it's disseminated, how it's processed to the rest of your body. And that is definitely one aspect of it all is how our bodies function. The more mm -hmm. I learn about the human body, the more I'm constantly amazed <laughs> at all the intricacies that happen, all the, all the transmitters, all of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, chemical reactions that have mm -hmm. to happen in order for us to have life. 
And but that's only one function of it. And what I'm really focused on now is the inflammation that comes from a lot of these chemicals, really, and other things that we put into our bodies without thinking of it just because our modern food supply has been so contaminated. Yes, it certainly has. Yes. And you actually did a TEDx talk on that, correct? I did. It's called Poisons in Our Everyday Foods. And people can watch that on YouTube? Yep. On, they can go through TED or they can come through my website and always find it there too. Perfect. So what we'll do at the end of the show is we'll definitely give them this information so that they can um, listen to that as well and learn so much more because I know it's definitely important for each one of us to learn that. Now from this, from, from becoming a naturopath, then you evolved to something else. So you started, you did, weren't you, didn't you patent something or you invented something? That actually came before I got my degree. Oh, really? Oh, okay. But so when my when my then fiance suggested that maybe food had a had part of had something to do with what my condition was, I thought, okay, well, I need to start eating healthily, more mm-hmm. healthily. And but I didn't really know what that meant. So I started watching the Food Network and taking cooking classes. And through all of the sources that I was studying, what the conclusion I was coming to was that whole foods were better than processed foods. So I thought, okay, well, I can eat a whole foods based diet, except for I don't know how to cook. So once I started learning how to cook, I realized, well, whole cooking with whole foods all the time is really time consuming and exhausting. <laughs> it is, yes. I mean, that's why convenience foods were invented. Mm-hmm. Right? That's how it's women convenient. got out of the kitchen, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, Fatigue is a major hallmark of MS and really all autoimmune issues because chronic inflammation is is frankly exhausting. Mm-hmm. I was inspired to simplify my cooking. I watched this late night infomercial. This guy was like, look, I can put your whole meal on this one countertop appliance. And he puts in dry rice and canned tomatoes. And then he puts a metal grill like a barbecue barbecue grill type grate over it. And then he puts chicken breast and then he puts another metal grill and then he puts brownies on the top, covers the whole thing with a dome, plugs it in, turns it on. I thought, wow, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Except for I don't have those metal grates. I don't have that countertop appliance and I really don't care about the brownies. (laughs) So I went over to my oven and we had just received a cast iron Dutch oven as a wedding gift. And I through some frozen fish fillets and some fresh herbs from our garden and some vegetables. And I thought, okay, well, that guy's countertop appliance probably got pretty hot. So I cranked up my oven to 450 degrees, tossed the whole thing in there. And in about half an hour, it just started to smell like dinner. Mm. And that really just became the default way that we cooked. We would come home and throw things into the pot and throw it in the oven. And I didn't think that much about it till my college roommate came for a visit. And at the end of the week, she asked me to teach her how to cook the way I cooked. And I thought, well, you know, you've seen me do it. It's pretty easy. And she said, I think there's a little more to it than that. So I sat down and I wrote a cookbook. And then I spent five years trying to find an agent and a publisher to publish it. And I got the same responses from, oh, I don't know, 50 or so publishers saying, this is a great manuscript, but no one's going to buy a cookbook from a nobody. You're not, Mm, you don't own a restaurant, you don't have a cooking show, nobody knows who you are. And I thought, well, nobody's going to know who I am unless I have a cookbook. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So in 2005, I took the plunge and I went ahead and self-published my cookbook, Glorious One Pop Meals. And it turned out to be a really great decision because within the Mm. first month of publication, I sold out my entire first print run of 2,000 copies. Oh, that's great. I won a bunch of awards. I was on the local bestsellers list like 13 weeks in a row. I got a lot of press and publicity. 
And then um, in 2007, I went ahead and sold the cookbook to Random House and they republished it in 2009. And it's still in print today and still selling. I've sold uh, more than 60,000 copies so far. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting when, when we have those, well, first off, the late night. I think we've all seen those late night commercials. <laughs> <laughs> we can't sleep when we see that. But going back to the aspect of your life was so devastated back in 2000, or excuse me, 1999. And then it continually evolves. And I think that's a lesson that each one of us have is what do we do when life is just stripped away from us? Because life is going to happen. We have that natural process of grieving. And then after that, what do we do? And so I think this is such an inspirational story to hear that life doesn't have to, quote, end based off of life changing. It just simply is different. And so I'm loving to hear how you have evolved that. And now you're this expert. And it's so funny. I'm sure now people are banging on your door to be like, yes, will you write a book for us? Whereas before, they're like, well, you don't know who you are. <laughs> well, it's interesting because all of this exploration into food and, and how it affects our body has really evolved to become much more precise and defined where I am looking at the inflammatory properties. And sometimes even the healthiest foods can be inflammatory for certain people. For my son, for example, his most inflammatory foods are broccoli, lemon, and garlic. Oh, really? Broccoli. Interesting. Right. Who would have thought for myself, lettuce is one of my most inflammatory foods. Mm. I mean, lettuce, what could be more innocuous than lettuce? But when I eat lettuce, I can clearly see the correlation between how wobbly I am on my feet. So now I really focus on helping people identify their own personal food sensitivities in my nationwide dietary therapies clinic and helping them design customized anti-inflammatory diets. Oh, interesting. Well, help us understand this. So when we say foods that cause inflammation, help us understand the specifics of what that is, because we know what inflammation means, but how does it present itself in one's body? And I love this question because inflammation can present itself in so many ways. It can affect how we look, think, feel, and act. We can see it sometimes visibly. Certainly, we can see inflammation if we break something. We can see that that, like I broke my arm last month and my wrist was very inflamed, of course, and you could see it visibly. But that's not really the inflammation that I'm talking about. That inflammation Mm -hmm. is helpful. That's what the Mm -hmm. body does to immobilize a joint or or an injury so Mm -hmm. it can heal. But the inflammation that I'm talking about is this hidden chronic inflammation that is really systemic. It can show up anywhere from your head as migraines or headaches, sinus issues. It can show up in your chest as asthma or high blood pressure or heart issues. It can show up in your gut as as irritable bowel syndrome, uh, constipation or diarrhea or even um, gas and acid reflux and digestive issues. It can show up in your joints as arthritis or fibromyalgia. It can really show up Mm. anywhere. Almost any symptom can be tracked back to inflammation. And if it can be tracked back to inflammation, it can be influenced by what you are putting in your body. And I think that's so important for each one of us because regardless of how healthy we are, if we continually have foods that are inflammatory, we're not as healthy as we think, you know, for one. I'm, I'm pretty healthy, I like to think. But as you're saying this, I'm like, you know, I have a pretty, my diet, I like to think is pretty healthy. But for all I know, I'm eating things that I don't realize have inflammation or cause inflammation within me. Right, right. And did you know that obesity is now considered excessive inflammation? Really? I did not know that. So it's less about that that formula of calories in versus calories out that we've been taught Mm -hmm. and more about 
are the foods that or the other things that you're eating and putting into your body, are they causing you to become inflamed and hold on to excess excess fluid and toxins and all sorts of things in your cells, which can result in looking like you're fat. Mm. Wow. And so obviously this is incredible because my listeners need to go to your site to figure out what is, what's their diet, the diet plan for them. Um, can you give us a little bit of example? Because I, I don't obviously want them to go visit your site, but how, how would someone even define that? Is this, how would you even even decide like, wow, James. So for me, like real quickly, I of late, I have been doing a lot of, I have a crock pot. And uh-huh. so I, um, I was, I, how do I say this? I was, I had a lot of Instagram, um, campaigns that I was being hired to do. And I was like, okay, well I have to look a certain way. <laughs> Never in my forties now I had to look a certain way. So I was, um, I just did this, the whole cabbage soup diet thing. And, and mm-hmm. I can't, <laughs> and so I did all that. And then it, it, it continually, I mean, I, obviously I, I felt really good. I felt really lean. Um, I, I really, I would eat just, um, I guess I'd be more of a pescatarian now. Uh, and so just fish is really what I eat. But I found for myself that just, I, my body felt lighter. It felt cleaner. It felt, um, it just didn't feel bloated. You know, that whole aspect, I think anyone can relate with, with being with the bloat itself. But for me, I found that meats, are wonderful for certain people, but for me, I don't do that well with them. So if I do have any meats, it's only turkey. I don't have any red meat. I don't have any chicken, um, any other types of meat except for fish. And then of course, just um, turkey as needed, I suppose. But I found for me as I, the past few months, as I really started to change up my diet, my body just feels totally different. It feels lighter. It feels, it feels cleaner, I guess you'd say. I love your example because, you know, right now there are so many fads like the paleo diet and the Atkins Mm -hmm. and and the no carb and low carb diets, which are really pushing heavy, heavy proteins and Mm -hmm. and meat based. And look for you, that's exactly the opposite. That's working for you. Yeah. And because for the longest time, it would just, my stomach would just be upset for days. I'm like, what is, what is wrong? And so finally I just realized, you know, let's just try something different. And I had tried this before. I was a pescatarian for a while and I was like, ah, it didn't work. And not really that. It was like, it's more, it's fish is too much, takes too long to cook. You know, you can't meal prep with fish because it's, you know, it's harder. You have to make it pretty much every day. But I just finally realized for myself that that was a big difference. So how would other people be able to kind of figure that out for themselves? I'm assuming it's just listening to your body. Well, you know, it can be really super hard to figure it out for yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. I could never have pulled lettuce out as one of my big oh, issues gosh, for myself. Right, yeah. So luckily, we have some really advanced food sensitivity testing. I work with a state-of-the-art test called the Mediator Release Test, which I really believe is the gold standard of food sensitivity testing. And what it looks for is mediator release. So the most famous mediator we all know is histamine. We know that Mm -hmm. if we have, say, a bug bite or a bee sting or poison ivy and we take some antihistamine like Benadryl, Mm -hmm. that we can get some relief from that inflammation, that swelling from that injury. But histamine is only one of 80 or more mediators that the body can release upon exposure to what it deems to be a threat. So this particular Uh, test tests 150 foods and 20 or 30 or so chemicals and additives that are in our food supply to really to really pinpoint what the problems are. Like for my son, garlic. I mean, garlic is supposed to be one of the healthiest substances Mm -hmm, there are out there. Yeah, exactly. But for him, it can it can really bring on a migraine for him and cause him a lot of pain. Mm. Wow. And so in this, with that test, I mean, obviously it's not like you have to eat all the food and then you take the test in that test itself. It, it pinpoints the specifics of that as it breaks down what, 
what the inflammatory ingredient may be? Um, it doesn't go into the ingredients because it tests all, the whole foods because oh, we eat whole foods. foods. Yeah, 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 so okay. we don't we don't eat just portions of gotcha. yeah. or extractions of foods, I should say. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And that's something if people want to work with you, then they'll be able to find all information out right through that, through your site or through your company. Absolutely. And then the way for anyone to really get started is exactly what I talk about in my TED Talk, which is the first step is to try to remove artificial toxins and synthetic mm -hmm. ingredients from your life because those can often be the culprit. So we're looking at things like artificial and um, synthetic sweeteners like aspartame or high fructose mm -hmm. corn syrup. We're looking at food dyes and colors. Really, we shouldn't be eating any of those. Those are derived from petroleum. So oh, anytime really? you see a brightly colored food stuff, which is so common in our world, mm -hmm. start reading the ingredients labels, you'll see how many things have added food dyes, not only our foods, but our cleaning products. Why would we put food coloring in laundry detergent yeah. or in dishwashing liquid? That's I don't understand. Point. Or in toothpaste or in medications or supplements. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So that's that's often how I suggest people start. I really like that. I never really thought about the, the color, the additives of that in, in things that we have in our in our life, in our body, or you know, our, all around us. That's actually a really good point. I right. That. I mean, we evolved on this planet to eat and process and thrive on the foods and the, mm -hmm. the organic matter that is on this planet. But you know, petroleum was never intended to be part of our diet. Exactly. Yeah. We never meant to ingest that. That's for sure. Well, Elizabeth Yarnell, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on my show. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing story and your fantastic wisdom on inflammation. That's something I definitely am going to research more, and I'm sure my listeners are as well. If they would like to find out more information about you and to work with you to purchase your books, where would they find this information online? The best place to find me is on my website at elizabethyarnell.com. And anyone who visits, I'd be thrilled to offer you a free um, initial phone consultation to see if you're a good candidate for what I offer. Wonderful. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much once again. We really do appreciate your time. Thank you, James, for having me on the show and have a great day. Thank you. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.